Today's scripture reading comes from Acts. We're going to be taking a look at the last part of chapter 7. And it's going to start off strong. Just give you a heads up on this, okay? There's a guy named Stephen that we're going to be learning about today. Stephen, we believe, is a part of a group of what we think are the first deacons of the church at the, turn, at the uh, beginning of the first century. And so we have here... Jesus has risen to be with the Father, and he's establishing the church through the Spirit. And Stephen is getting some backlash for this. Uh, Stephen is experiencing persecution because of his faith in Jesus and his testimony about Jesus, specifically from his own people, the Jewish people, who have a ruling group called the Sanhedrin, and they're investigating what Stephen's doing. And Stephen gives a very long uh, sermon or speech to, uh, as a rebuttal to their accusations against him. And we're not going to read all of it, but we're going to get to the last little part, and it gets really interesting really quick right there in verse 51. He says, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors who always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute they even killed the one who predicted the coming of the righteous one here he's talking about john the baptist and now you have betrayed and murdered him meaning jesus you have received the law that was given to you through angels but have not obeyed it when the mem when the members of the sanhedrin heard this they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voice, they all rushed him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at, a feet, at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. We do have our Kingdom Kids ministry today, which is for kiddos who are four years old through second grade. They're going to head right over here. And they're going to be in the upstairs of our Christian Life Center right next door as they have a chance to worship and learn together at their level. Uh, just one brief announcement here. We are planning a baptism service next Sunday. If you have never been baptized and you're interested in being baptized, uh, I invite you to express that interest. Either you can come forward during the invitation today, you can uh, check the box on your connection card that indicates you're interested in baptism. Um, or you can just give me a call or text. My number's on the back of the bulletin. Let us know that you would be interested in baptism, and we would be glad to speak with you about baptism as we approach next Sunday, which we're very excited about. As we're always excited about baptism, it's going to be a beautiful day together. Next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss it. Well, uh, as you know, many of you know, uh, we are reading through the Bible together, and we are in the book of Acts now. I told you last week the book of Acts is often called the Acts of the Apostles, but more accurately we should call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
And I had a whole sermon for you on the Holy Spirit last week. And I was so excited about talking about the Holy Spirit. I didn't want to stop it one week. And how could you? Because the Holy Spirit's all over the book of Acts. So we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit today. And one of the parts, or one of the things about the Holy Spirit that you may know is called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a fun little kid song. I thought about singing and playing it, but y'all don't want to hear that. But it does help you remember the fruits of the Spirit. Those of you who know the song, you know what I'm talking about. But the fruit of the Spirit is, do you remember it? Say it out. Go ahead. Try it. Apples. No, not apples. Love, <laughs> peace, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yes. Just, go, just YouTube that video. Not right now. Not right now. Over lunch, YouTube the video, Fruits of the Spirit song. You'll get the full effect. You'll thank me uh, that you did. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, these are the things the Holy Spirit intends to produce in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we say, yeah, when things are going well, I can display some of those fruits of the Spirit in my life. But what about when things aren't going so well? What about, you know, when you're running late or you're tired or you're hungry? We have a word for that, hangry, you know what I'm saying? Like, what about those moments in life where we feel like, you know what? Those fruits of the Spirit sound delicious, but right now I'm not with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not with the fruits of the Spirit today because this is going on in my life, that's going on in my life. What, is it, what does it look like to allow the fruit of the Spirit to shine through us in our most challenging moments of our everyday lives? That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I want to pause and pray once again for us as we take a look at God's Word. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for the scriptures that your Holy Spirit has inspired writers throughout a long period of time to put on paper which you have spoken to them, that we might have it today, that we might hear from you today. And that's what we want, God. We want to hear from you, not from me, but from your word, through your spirit speaking to us. So, Father God, challenge us to have our minds focused in on you, our hearts softened towards you, and our hands and feet ready to take what we what you show us today, and live it out in our lives. This is what we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the fruits of the Spirit that God desires to produce in our life comes when we are full of the Spirit. Now, there, there's a lot here we could say about that, and I don't want to recap everything I said last week, but it begins with being filled with the Spirit as we become Christians. And then the Scripture tells us, after you have been filled with the Spirit, you need to live in step with the Spirit. In other words, you need to live your life full of the Holy Spirit. And that, like I said, on good days is doable. On hard days, it can be more of a challenge for us. But this is what the Spirit does to help us to live out the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those songs. All that's in the song that's in the scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Forgot to give the address earlier. That's where you can find the fruits of the Spirit. All that fruit of the Spirit that God desires to produce in us comes when we are full of the Spirit. Why is that? 
Because the fruit of the Spirit is a picture of who Jesus is. If you want to know what Jesus was like, of course, go read the gospel accounts of his life. Absolutely. But you will find in the gospel accounts of his life fruit of the Spirit. You will find him living this way. And in fact, the reason we produce fruit that looks like Jesus is because that is the Spirit's number one job. The Spirit's number one job is to point us to Jesus, to fix our attention on Jesus. John 14, or John 16, 14, Jesus says this. Jesus says, He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. That's the Spirit's role in our life, is to glorify Jesus. And so when we are full of the Spirit, it means we are focused in on Jesus, and it helps us to live like Jesus. And that's what we see in the life of this guy named Stephen. We actually, if you, if you back up a little bit into chapter 6, uh, middle part of verse 5, we read this about Stephen. It says, Stephen was a man full of faith. Now, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It begins by having faith in Jesus, and then you receive the Holy Spirit. So, of course, he had to be a man of faith in order for the second part of the sentence to be true. A man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. We see that echoed in this passage that we read today. We read about how he was, again, middle of uh, verse 55 in Acts chapter 7. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for us to be full of the Holy Spirit? We see what it looks like. It looks like the fruits of the Spirit. And it looks like that because the Spirit is helping us to live like Jesus, and that's what Jesus produced in his life. But there's some things that are pretty amazing that take place in Stephen's life, and yet he still has this true of him, he is still full of the Spirit. Despite what's taking place in his life, he is still full of the Spirit. Now that gives me hope because Stephen is a, he's just a human being, like you and me. I'm sure he had his good days and his bad days, his ups and downs. I doubt every day looked like fruits of the Spirit in his life. He's a human, just like you and me. But in his most challenging moment, he was able to display the fullness of the Spirit in his life. That gives me hope. Because if he, a man like me, in his most challenging moment, can reflect Jesus through the fruit of the Spirit, there's hope for me. There's hope for you. Because it, if you think about what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in your life, I think you would be crazy not to say, I want that. I want to be a person known as loving. I want to be joyful. I want to have peace. I want to be able to be patient. I want to be able to be kind. I want to be good. I want to be faithful. I'd like to be gentle. I wish I had more self-control. When we hear what the Spirit can produce in our life, I think it would be crazy not to say, I, I, I want that. What Stephen is showing us is that those things, through the help of God, are possible even when life is difficult. Even when life is trying, even when it's hard, even when it's frustrating, there's still hope for us to experience these different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. 
Let's take, let's just walk through some of the things Stephen experienced. First of all, Stephen boldly spoke the truth about Jesus to his accusers. This is the fullness of the Spirit on display in him. He has accusers. We already see how this is going to play out. It's not going to be pretty. But he says to them, look, I know you're the ones that not only killed John the Baptist, but Jesus as well. And that did not stop him from boldly speaking the truth. That's the Spirit at work in him. Stephen was able to stay focused on Jesus despite the chaos going on around him. As part of being full of the Spirit is that we're able to stay focused on Jesus. You remind yourselves of what happens in verse 54 through 56. His accusers are coming at him. They're angry with him. It's an intense moment. You've ever had anybody super angry at you like that? The Bible describes it as if they're gnashing their teeth. They're just, you know, they're ticked off at Stephen and what Stephen's doing, what Stephen's saying. And yet Stephen has this ability, because he's full of the Holy Spirit, to be able to continue to look to Jesus. And he says, the heavens open, and I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Through the Holy Spirit, Stephen is, even in his death as he is literally being being stoned if you don't know what that means that's when you pick up a stone you throw it at somebody and you get enough of them together throwing stones at someone and the intention of course is to kill them even as he is being killed stephen sought to be in the presence of jesus he says lord jesus receive my spirit in verse 59 and probably the most amazing thing out of all that Stephen all the Holy Spirit is displaying in Stephen's life in this passage is that he asks Jesus to not hold the sins of his murderers his executioners his accusers not to hold it against them what they are doing to him that's what he says in verse 60 how could he do all of that? Boldly speak the truth. Focus on Jesus despite the chaos. Want to be in the presence of Jesus instead of just wanting to get out of a bad situation. Asking the Lord to forgive those who are killing him. How could he do all of that? A human being just like you and me. And of course, the answer is it was through the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit's work in his life that he was able to display the fruit of the Spirit, which mirrors the very person and character of Jesus. Remembering what Jesus said in John 16, 14, that's the Spirit's job. It's to glorify Jesus. And through the Spirit, Stephen is glorifying Jesus. In fact, Jesus and the Holy Spirit work so closely together. There's some places in the Bible, in the New Testament, where the Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus. Now, that's not to confuse the two and say that they're one and the same. They're not. They're two distinct persons of the Trinity, like we talked about last week. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. But Jesus and the Spirit work so closely together, Acts 16, 7, Galatians 4, 6, Philippians 1, 19, 
all call the Holy Spirit in some way the Spirit of Jesus. They are working together in our lives. They're working together in Stephen's life. And that's how he's able to respond to these incredibly difficult moments. Now the question for us is, how do we live full of the Spirit? Ephesians 5.18 actually gives us the command, be filled with the Spirit. Likewise, Galatians 5.25 tells us, live by the Spirit. How do we actually do that? So that that fruit of the Spirit is in our lives. So that when chaos is breaking out in our corner of the world, when we get bumped into, when we get knocked over, what spills out is the fruit of the Spirit. How is that possible? While it may not be perfect because we're not perfect, there is a way in which if Stephen could do it, we can do it. To be full of the Holy Spirit in our most trying moments, that when we get bumped into, what comes out is the fruit of the Spirit. That we can be filled with the Spirit. We can obey the command to live by the Spirit. And it begins with receiving rather than resisting. Now, G now uh, Stephen's long speech against the Sanhedrin, he gives a very long sermon uh, where he, he's accusing them. And, and one of the things he says is where we started is he calls them stiff-necked and he says to them, you always resist the Holy Spirit. God is calling you to come near to Him, and we resist it. Have you ever experienced God calling? Like, you wake up and you're like, I should go, I should go to church today. I should go to worship today. And then you roll over and go to sleep. Now, y'all didn't do that. Kudos to you. All right? Or you say, you know what, I'm so frustrated in this situation, I should pray. But instead of praying, you know, you get a, you get a big old scoop of ice cream. You know, I would never do that. Not anymore. I can't eat ice cream anymore. But, right? We wake up early, uh, or you set your alarm to wake up early in the morning to, to open the Bible and to read it and have, have your time with God to encounter Him. And, and when that time comes, you hit the snooze, right? When you have that check, we call it sometimes a check in your spirit, you have this sense, don't open your mouth and say that, but your mouth, you let it have its own way, right? Your fingers are on the keyboard, don't put that on Facebook, and you do it anyways, right? Something unethical at work, and you know deep down, I, sh I shouldn't be doing this, but you do it. Everybody's sitting around at lunch talking bad about so-and-so, and you know that you shouldn't be involved in that gossip, but, oh, it's so juicy. You just want to jump in and share your two cents, right? We resist the Holy Spirit, if we're honest. There's moments in our life where we resist the Holy Spirit. Now, these people that Stephen's talking to, that characterized their life. It wasn't just a one-off. It wasn't a moment of weakness. This is how they lived. They lived resisting the Holy Spirit in their life. I remember one Christmas, my aunt, uh, I won't tell you which one, I only have one, so if she listens to this, she'll know that I'm talking about it, but I don't think she's got time to listen to it. But she bought me a Christmas gift, and it was the ugliest shirt you've ever seen in your life. Now, I'm a teenager at this point, all right? And if you remember, some of you are in those teenage years. You know, you don't want all those eyes looking at you, right? You don't, you don't want the negative attention. You don't want anybody poking fun at you. And so I got this shirt. Now, now, 
Let me preface this by saying I love Texas. I'm from Texas. Texas till I die is the best state in the world. I mean, I'm not preaching about Texas. I'm just saying it's, I mean, we're here for a reason. You know what I'm saying? This is, God bless us. All right. So, but this was a shirt that looked like the Texas flag. And it was made out of denim. And it was a button up with a collar. And I'm a teenager. All right. So I get this gift and I know exactly what I'm doing with it. I'm going to wait till my aunt leaves and it's going to go at the bottom of the drawer and eventually I'll throw it away. But my mother forces me to wear the shirt to church on a Sunday night. This is back when we had church on Sunday night. And I had to wear this thing. Let me tell you, I resisted. But she's mom and she had her way and it's all right. Now, I never wore it again. That was the deal. I wear it once, but never again, right? When someone gives you a gift, of course they want you to receive the gift, open the gift, and enjoy the gift. And yet sometimes we resist this gift. And something that I think is interesting is I was reading through about the Spirit in the book of Acts. Many times it's referred to as a gift. That Jesus intends to give us this incredible gift, and yet sometimes we resist rather than receive the gift. And this is where we have to start. Are you resisting the gift of the Holy Spirit? In other words, you don't want to be a Christian they got a bad name, they're weird, they do strange things. You know, I just don't know. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm here for the senior thing, or I'm, I'm, I'm here because somebody drugged me here. But, you know, I, I don't really want much to do with this. And I get that. I totally understand. But just understand. Spirit wants you. God wants to give you the gift of the Spirit. He wants you to come into faith. He wants you to believe. He wants to give you something so good. For that spirit to rest in your soul that you might know that you have a relationship with your father not based on what you have done not based on your moral record but that you may have a gift to know that the spirit God himself lives in you making you right with God not based on what you've done but based on what Christ has done for you he wants you to have that gift, to have that confidence that when you pass from this life to the next. Now, it's probably not going to be as dramatic as Stephen, but we're all going to face that one day or another if Jesus does not come back in our lifetime. And he wants to give you the gift of the Spirit as a deposit in your soul to know that when that moment comes, when you say goodbye to life on earth as it is right here and now, do you know you have an eternal home in heaven with, with God? He wants to give you that gift. Are you resisting it? And you may have some legitimate reasons you resist. There may be some so-called Christians in your past that you can barely stand. You may see news reports of churches doing this or that, and, and you just, I don't want anything to do. I totally get it. But is the Spirit drawing you to Jesus? Because that, that's the question that matters most. Not do some people get it wrong, because they do. I know for a fact, because I'm one of them. But is the Spirit drawing you to Jesus? That's the question. And if the Spirit is drawing you to Jesus, and you receive Jesus, and you become a Christian, and now the Spirit's not working just on you, the Spirit is now working in you, helping you to experience that fruit that we read about earlier. Now that's if you're not a Christian. And I will not assume that everybody here is. I hope we have some people here who are not. 
And I hope you'll respond to the Holy Spirit and invite Jesus into your life. And a lot of us have done that, haven't we? Here's the challenge for us. The us those of us who are Christians, don't think that you can't resist the Holy Spirit too. You can resist the Holy Spirit as a Christian. You absolutely can. Again, I know from firsthand experience. I felt the Spirit leading me to do this, and I resist and don't. To not do this, but I give in and do it. Every Christian knows that. Every Christian has experienced the resistance of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it look like for you to live more consistently full of the Spirit so that you don't resist the Spirit as much? So that, so that, the, so that you walk in the Spirit? So that you're full of the Spirit? So that you can please the Spirit? What does it look like to be more full of the Spirit today than you were yesterday? Again, I, I don't want to go over and over again the same things we covered last week, but this is so worth pointing out. And, and I'm going to press you a little bit, Christians. The Spirit of God has inspired that Bible that you have. I believe that with every fiber of my being. Human beings wrote it, but it was the Holy Spirit that directed them. So when you open and read the Bible, you know what you are reading. You are reading words inspired by the Spirit of God. Just look at Acts and you will see that that is true. At least that's what the scripture itself reports is happening. Acts 5, uh, no, not that one. Acts 1.16, we read, The scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke. Acts 4.25, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then there's an Old Testament quotation. Acts 28.25, the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, which is the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. What we see throughout Acts and throughout the Bible is that we see this, the Holy Spirit that stands behind Scripture. Christians, are you reading your Bible? This is such a simple thing. And yet many do not. Many are not picking up the Bible and reading it for themselves. Do you understand what's happening? The Spirit is saying, I'm speaking to you through the Scriptures, and you're resisting. You're not listening because you're not reading. I, and I, I just I want to press you on this, Christians, because this is, this is of the utmost importance. If you have time for Netflix... Come on, let's be honest. You, you've got time for that fiction book. You, you've, got, you've got time for that podcast, right? You've got time for social media. You've got time for 78,000 TikTok videos in a row. If you've got time for that, you better be making time for the Bible. Listen, Christian, you will never experience the fullness of the Spirit of God if you are not in the Word of God. He is speaking to you through the Bible. Don't you want to hear Him? Some of you don't, and I don't understand. Why wouldn't you want to hear from God? Read His Word. It's so simple. It is the basics of the Christian life. How dare we say, God, I want to hear from you when we don't pick up the Bible. God, I want to experience hope in my life when we don't read the scriptures. God, I want power over sin, but we don't memorize it. How can we experience the fullness of God if we do not go to God to hear from him through the word of God? Christians, it's essential to your life. If you want that 
fruit of the Spirit to be produced in you. If you want to face the most difficult moments of your life and look like Jesus, it's not going to happen. If you are not taking God's Word in on an everyday basis, the Spirit of God is in these pages. Make a commitment and do not break it. Find other people who will make that commitment with you. Hold each other accountable and read God's word. And if you do, the moment of challenge in your life may not look like what Stephen went through. But when they come, I think the spirit of God can produce the fruit in you just as he produced incredible fruit in Stephen. That when that moment comes, the Spirit of God's going to show up because you have been with God and His Spirit and His Word regularly. One last thought. Our boys uh, advanced again in the, in the in baseball playoffs. So proud of our Kennedy boys and, and how well they're doing. Imagine they got up to that plate and said, I don't need practice. I don't need a coach. I don't need game film. I don't need any of that. I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to swing the bat and I'm going to hit a home run. The best players in the world have batting practice. The best players in the world have a batting coach. The best players in the world watch game film. They prepare themselves for the moment and when the moment comes, the chances of a success are greater. Do you understand what I'm saying? When your moment of trial, when your moment of difficulty, when your moment of challenge comes, you want to succeed to the glory of God. You want Jesus, you want to look like Jesus in that moment. You want the fruit of the Spirit to tip out of you when you are knocked into. That's going to happen because you have prepared yourselves, Christians. And there's a lot of ways you should be preparing yourself. And the greatest among them I can think of is to pick up that Bible and read and pray and pray and pray. And may the Spirit be produced in us. Let's pray. Father God, we don't look at Stephen as a character in a book. He was a real person, and we are so grateful that you describe his life to us. As you've given us a window into his most challenging moment that he probably ever faced. And God, that in that moment, it was still said of him, he was full of the Spirit. God, that begins with us inviting the Spirit, not resisting the Spirit. And there's anyone here today, and I'm sure that there are, who have resisted your work in their life, they've resisted coming to you by faith, that they would resist no longer. That they would surrender to your son Jesus knowing that it is by him that they can be made right with you because he has died for our sins and he has rose in victory. And for those of us who believe, Father, may we open your word and let the Spirit speak that we might be strengthened and prepared for the day of trial that will most certainly come. So that when we're tipped over, what spills out is Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is so produced in us that that is what comes through. For your glory. For our good. And in the name of Jesus we pray.